come on Wednesday nights, we come to pray and believe God. We need to come believing God when we pray. Hallelujah. Not some, somewhat, not halfway, not three quarters, but we need to come fully believing God for, for all things. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why we come to the house of God. We believe Jesus. We believe the word of God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, he says in the gospel, if you ask me anything in my name, anything in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. 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 I want to talk to you about prayer tonight. And uh, God has just put that on my heart. But Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, you, you read it in, in the gospel of John, all throughout the word of God. But in the Gospels, Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. In Psalm chapter 6, verse 9, it says, The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord receives my prayer. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Lord not only hears, but receives what you have petitioned and said? Do you believe that? Amen. We need to. If we call ourselves believers, we need to say amen and amen. Because I believe and know God not only has heard me, but has received my prayer. And not only has he received it, but Jesus said he will now do it. Hallelujah. 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 And in Psalm 66, verses number 19 and 20. But certainly God has heard. He has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. Hallelujah. 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 Praise your Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Prayer is one of the most uh, privileged things that we have been given. God, uh, you know, we, we didn't earn prayer. God has freely offered and made a way for us to come to him and pray and pray. You did not earn prayer. You didn't earn the right to pray. God has given you the right to pray. Amen? It's nothing that we did. You didn't purchase the right to pray. Jesus purchased the right for us to pray through the blood of Christ on Calvary. Do you believe that? Amen. And so whenever we get down on our knees and pray, whenever we stand and pray, whenever we sit and pray, we're taking advantage. We're, we're, we're saying, yes, Lord, thank you for giving me an opportunity to pray, to speak to you, and to pour out my heart to you and my burden. God said, cast all your cares upon me. Why? Because I careth for you. Hallelujah. We should be excited at the opportunity to pray. I mean, we should be excited about the opportunity to pray. Too many believers are not excited about the opportunity to pray. They look at pray as a burden. Why aren't more people praying? Why aren't more people on prayer nights throughout, not just, not here, I'm just saying we have a great turnout here, but I mean, in prayer nights in general, in the churches, why aren't the churches packed and full on prayer night? Everybody wants to run and hear the, hear the preacher preach the word, but when they say, hey, we're having prayer night, who's off doing this and who's off doing that and who's off, 
I'm telling you. Well, I was with a church, you know, some of you know, 900, 1,000. And on prayer night, we had about 50 people, maybe, maximum. That was a good night out of a church of 1,000, 900, 1,000. We had maybe 50 people on prayer night. Where is everybody? And this was year after year after year after year. Hallelujah. Why don't people pray more often? How many of you have a car? How many of you have a spare tire in your car? Hopefully you have a spare tire in your car or truck or whatever kind of vehicle you have. Now you kind of feel kind of comfortable that you got a spare tire in your trunk, don't you? Or your back or wherever it is, right? Wherever you put it, that's okay. But you feel good that you got a spare tire. And you don't want to look at that spare tire and you don't want to touch it until you get a flat tire, right? You're driving down the road and boom. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I got to go get my spare tire. That used to be me before I got saved. I used to get into trouble. And I didn't go to God and pray until I got in trouble. And then i go say, Lord, cut me a break here. If you get me out of this, I promise you I'll be good. Uh, maybe I'll go to church. But come on, help. I didn't go to the spare tire. I didn't go to prayer until I, until I needed it. I was in a troubled spot. You know, it's not good to break down on the side of a road in the night and have a flat tire and have to go change your tire, right? And sometimes we feel that our lives are just flying down the highway, everything's good, we don't need to pray, we'll just pray when something goes wrong. If we get into a jam or a tight spot, then we'll pray. If somebody has a need, well, maybe I'll pray. Let's see, uh, next time I get an opportunity, I'll, I'll pray for you, brother. We need to be a people of prayer. We can't treat prayer, uh, yeah. We cannot treat prayer as a spare tire. Prayer has to be one of the wheels on our vehicle, one of the wheels on our life that's continually turning, transporting us down the road of life. Amen. And so it's not only prayer; it's the word. So, but prayer has to be a part of our every day. It's got to be one of the wheels that is moving us down the road of life. And it can't be sitting in a trunk somewhere and waiting till, uh, until we get a blowout or we get a low flat nail in our tire and then say, oh, let me get the spare tire. Oh, let me go pray now because uh, we need to be a people of prayer praying all the time. Amen? Why is it people treat prayer as a spare tire? There could be a lot of reasons why people treat prayer as a spare as a spare tire. You know, sometimes people people have been praying and, and, and whatever, but let me just say this about prayer. When we pray, what's the one thing we want to hear? We want to hear yes and amen, right? And we want to hear yes and amen right now, today, this second, right now, before I leave, I want to hear yes and amen. I want the answer to that prayer. It's good. David said in Psalm 118, verse 5, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a great, pray, great place, in a broad place. 
in Psalm 138.3, it says, In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Hallelujah. When we cry out, there's times that God answers us right away. We just, get, we just know that we heard from God and that God just answered that. How many of you have been in a place when you prayed, when you know, you know that you know that God spoke back to you. God did what you needed right then. There's those times when we, when we feel that, yes, Lord, I thank you for, that, for the answer of that. Hallelujah. And God, God is a God whose desire is to answer our prayers. His desire is to bring forth things in our life so that he can receive glory and honor and praise in all things. Not us, God. We are instruments through whom God works so that he can, we can declare there's a God in heaven who answers my prayer. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, you all know this verse. It says, seek ye, but, 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 seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's something a lot of people don't want to, don't want to, don't want to put first in their life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. God will withhold nothing from us who are diligently seeking a relationship with the Lord, who are seeking to walk in his ways, who are seeking to clothe ourselves, uh, well, he clothes us with his righteousness, but to continue to walk in the righteousness of the Lord. Lord, help me to walk in the paths of righteousness for what? For thy name's sake. Because when we diligently are conscious of trying to live for the Lord, seeking his kingdom, seeking a, a deeper relationship with Jesus, seeking the ways of God, we're walking in his righteousness, we're seeking him. When we're putting that above everything else in our lives, above everything else in our lives, then it says all these things will be added unto you. God does not lie. God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it in his word, we, if we believe it, we will receive it. But we've got to listen to his words, and we've got to be doers of his words, that, Lord, if I put my priorities of my life correctly, that if I'm going to seek you above all things, if I'm going to seek you through your righteousness, then I know nothing could get in the way of my prayer reaching you, of you receiving my prayer, and I can see the answer coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs, in chapter 3, verses 5 to, to, to 10, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and he shall direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Why am I reading this from the Old Testament? Because it's saying the same thing that it's said in the New Testament. God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. And what God said in the Old is brought out even more in the New. Hallelujah. 
When God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it's been said way back in the Old Testament. Jesus didn't say that for the very first time in, in the New. It, he did, but it's, it's, he's, he's saying what he is the word of God. And it says, do not be wise in your, fear the Lord and depart from evil. We cannot live our lives in unrighteousness and expect the Lord to hear, receive, and answer our prayer. He wants to, he's desirous to, he declared he will, but he said if we seek his kingdom of God and his righteousness, and in verse 8 it says in Proverbs, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Hallelujah. The word of God is precious. God has given us the most precious thing we will ever possess in our lives is the Word of God, who is Jesus. The blood of God has washed us clean of our sin. Christ, through the cross, has made us able to access every blessing that God has for mankind. But you cannot access blessings with dirty hands. You cannot access blessings with a dirty tongue. You cannot access blessings with a dirty mind. We need to be washed in the blood. We need to be cleansed by the word of God. It needs to be renewing our mind. We need to have, you know, the, 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 the water. You know, you out of a fountain, you can't get bitter and sweet. Out of a fountain, out of the tongues of our mouth, we've got to speak blessing. We've got to be walking rightly. We've got to be thinking rightly with the Lord. And as we're walking with the Lord and we're, we're directing our paths on righteousness and we're guarding our tongue and we're having our mind renewed, what will God withhold from you? The answer is nothing, nada, zero. God will not renege on his part what he had said. And so we've got to put a check on our lives. Lord, help me. I want to be blessed. I want to, I just want to love you. I want to walk in your ways and I want to be a recipient of all that you have so that I could be a, a, a testimony to the glory of your name on the face of this earth. You see, in verse 9 in Proverbs, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. That means giving to God. Because if we're seeking the kingdom of God above all things, if we're seeking his righteousness, there is nothing we would hold back from the Lord. Not our time. Oh, I got to go to church again. Oh, I got to go pray again. Oh. Lord, I gladly give you my time to come to Bible study. I gladly give you my time for Sunday school. I gladly give you my time to, to hear the word of God and be with my brothers and sisters praising and worshiping God. I gladly give you that time. It's not a burden to me. Is it a burden to you to go to church? No, it should never be, correct? It should never be a burden to attend Sunday school. It should never be a burden to say, let's go pray. We need to give God our time, our talents. I'm holding nothing back, Jesus. And the final thing is money. If people can give their money to God, 
cheerfully, God will withhold nothing from you. God says, I, he looks for a cheerful giver. The word that he gives means hilarious. <laughs> a hilarious giver. Why? Because that person knows that God is the glory and the lifter of my head. He's my provider. If I seek him first and in his righteousness, nothing will be withheld from me. He will bless me abundantly that I may be a blessing in the land of the living to the glory of his name. And that's why he says in verse 10 in Psalms, so give unto the Lord, why? So the Lord could pay his bills? Uh-uh. So you could pay your bills. God says, look what he says, honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of your increase. Verse 10. So your barns, not God's barns, your barns will be filled with plenty. Smile. You might not have a literal barn, but God says, go build a barn because it's going to be filled. If you give unto me, I will fill your barn. I will fill. You know what your barn is today? Your bank account. God said, if you give unto me of your finances and do it so hilariously, I'll fill your barns with plenty. Now, either God is true or he's not. You choose. You decide what he is. I choose to believe that he is faithful and true to his word. Hallelujah. I pray that you do too. Hallelujah. God says, give and I'll fill your barns with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. We have an abundant God, an extravagant God. There's nobody that lavishes upon his children the blessings like God does. There's no king on earth who can bless his children more than God can bless. You can take the king of Saudi Arabia, I don't care who he is, the richest man in the world, and he can lavish the best of gifts on his children. But he is not outranking God. He does not own more than God does. He does not possess more than God does. And God says, if you are my children, and if you seek me and walk in my righteousness, and you give, I will bless you abundantly. This is the word of the Lord. I'm not making this up. This is God's word. I choose to receive it and believe it. Hallelujah. God says he wants to answer our prayers. He's desirous to answer our prayers. And he says that we seek him first. First John chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What is his will? His word. His word is his will. He left a, this is a New Testament, Old Testament and New Testament. You know what a testament is. Last will and testament. This is God's will for our lives. What is his will that we be born again? Number one, because how many of you know you cannot access the blessed, you cannot access the blessings of God unless you are born again? God can bless 
unrighteous and righteous. But you, unrighteous cannot access the blessings of God like a child of God can. God can bless who he will, when he will, for whatever reason he will. But as a child of God, you have, a, you have an inheritance of blessing that just comes upon your life being born again. When you're born again, you're born into the blessings of God. You're born into the testament will of God that you'll be blessed. And that's why he says in 1 John 3.22, And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Huh. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because. Why? Because. Because of what? We receive because why? What happened? What do we got to do? Because we keep his commandments or we keep his word and do, listen, look, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You know, we can displease God. You can be a child of God and yet displease God. How do we displease God? By our actions by our deeds, by our thoughts, by our words. And so we can do things that displease God, which automatically kind of disconnects us from the flow of blessing into our lives. That's what it said. Ask whatever, ask whatever, uh, whatever we ask, we receive from him because. You see, if we keep his word to heart, Lord, I want to seek after your righteousness. I want to walk in your ways. I want to be like Jesus. And do, and do, and do. How many of you know the word of God says, be doers of the word. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of the word. Doing what's right. Now, we don't have time to get into it here, but you can read all through the New Testament, all through the Word of God, and God will make clear what you should do and shouldn't do. Hello? There's no gray area. It's very clear what we should do and shouldn't do. God doesn't want us to gossip or slander or backbite. If we do, we defiled our tongue, we're displeasing to God, you know, if we talk about another brother or sister falsely, wrongly, we're displeasing God. We're speaking about someone God shed his blood for, God redeemed, they're a child of God. The Bible says, guard your tongue, guard your thoughts, guard your mind, because that's displeasing in his sight. But if we do the things and we are speaking blessings and we are, Jesus says, this is how you'll know you are my disciples that you fight with one another, that you wrestle with one another, that you uh, uh, throw spears and stones at one another, that you, uh, no, it says that you what? Love one another. It's easy to use the word love, but we've got to mean it. We've got to, we've got to really mean it in our lives and in our hearts. And if we are doers of the word and truly guarding our minds and guarding our tongues and guarding our actions and, guard, and doing what is right and the pleasing to God, God will withhold nothing from you. Nothing from you. I cannot find it in the word of God where God says, you walk in my ways and my righteousness, you, you do what is pleasing in my sight and I'll think about perhaps blessing you. 
That is not what the word of God says. God says, if you keep my commandments, if you love me, and if you do what is pleasing in my sight, I will bless you extravagantly and abundantly. I want to be blessed of God. Abundantly, extravagantly. Do you? Hallelujah. And so God wants to answer our, 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 our prayer. There's times when God says yes, but we might just have to wait a while. I know in my life, I prayed and prayed and prayed. I prayed for a wife. Many, many years ago. Many, many years ago. But I told the Lord, Lord, if you give me a wife, she's got to love you more than she loves me. She's got to have a heart for ministry and for the word of God. Because I don't want any woman if she does not love you more than she loves me. Because if she loves you, she's going to love me. And if she loves the word and ministry and be filled with the spirit of God, then she's going to have the same spirit. I said, Lord, this is the woman I, uh, I'm looking for. If not, hey, I'll serve you single all the days of my life. Here I am. And so I prayed, and I believed God, and I prayed. But I was going about seeking, I was going about doing the work of the Lord. I wasn't, I wasn't sitting down saying, well, that's all I'm going to do, Lord, until you send me a wife, that's it, I'm going to wait. I prayed and I got up and I put my hands to plow and whatever I could find to do for the Lord, I did it. I did all kinds of stuff. It didn't matter. But I had to wait on the Lord. And I had, I had, I had, I had a woman come to me and say, hey, the Lord sent me, I'm the one you're to marry. I said, well, thank you very much, but the Lord hasn't shown me that or spoke to me about that. Thank you. Have a good day. This is true. And so we got to wait on the Lord. You just don't grab anything. You got to wait on the Lord until the Lord confirms it in your heart. And so sometimes we need to wait on the Lord. Ecclesiastes in chapter 3, it says, to everything there is a season. Everything. There's a time for every purpose under heaven. God is in control. Time is in God's hand. He's Alpha and Omega, the first, the last, the beginning and the end. He knows all things. He orchestrates everything. And especially to those who love him, God works things out for the good to those who love him and walk according to his spirit. And walk according to his spirit. God works it out for the good to put a smile on your face, to put joy in your heart, to put dance in your step, to make your heart glad. Hallelujah. Nothing better than a glad heart. And Jesus is the only one that can give us a glad heart. Wine isn't going to make your heart glad. Nothing else is going to make your heart glad but Jesus. And doing the will of him who loved you, who loves you. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, And he, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. Also he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. 
but it says God makes everything beautiful in its time. Everything needs time to blossom and grow. Everything. Even our lives, our spiritual lives. We need time spiritually to blossom and grow. And God is the one who gives us growth. If we're in relation to him, if we got the seed of God's word in us and we're, we're being nourished by the water of his word and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, God is growing us spiritually and in the right time and in the right place and in the right way, God will bring out of us what he's planned for us all along. But we've got to wait on the Lord. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 10 to 12. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God isn't, God isn't blind. He isn't deaf. He isn't forgetful of what we're doing every day for the Lord. He knows we love him. He knows we're, we're, we're desirous to walk in his ways. He sees that we're doing what we can for him. He's mindful of that. And in his timing, he will bring things out as he knows best. You know, when we were in the Poconos, we used to have a soda machine, and I, I, you know, I know you, we, all, we all can relate to this. You put money into the machine, you want a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi or you want a Mountain Dew or whatever it is, you put your money in the machine, and it says full, and nothing comes out. You hit the button, no change comes out. You don't get your money back either, nothing coming out. So what do you do? Bang, bang, bang. Come on, Right? And then if, uh, sometimes, like Carol, she might kick knob, but then you kick it, right? Bang. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> right? You start banging and shaking the machine and give me, you know, and sometimes we pray, and if we don't get an answer right away, we start banging and kicking and, you know, come on, God, come on, God, give me my, give me my answer. Give me my, give me, give it, come on. We start shaking, we start shaking God, like, come on. What's wrong with you? I prayed. Now, where's the answer? And then what happens if nothing, you're shaking the machine, punching it and kicking it, and nothing comes out, then you go, ah, enough with this machine, I'm going somewhere else. You walk away. And you walk away disgusted. You walk away angry. Come on. You just lost a quarter of a dollar or whatever it is now. You see, when we pray... We've got to believe God. We've got to believe that he heard us, that he received it. This is if we're living right. I'm not saying we're going to live in perfect. I'm saying we're, our heart is right. We want to live for the Lord. I'm putting a guard on all that I say and do. And, and, uh, and Lord, I know when I pray you hear me. I know you received my prayer. I'm waiting on you. There's times the answers come quickly. There's times it takes time. A time for every season, for every purpose under heaven. And so we cannot walk away from God. And too many times I heard people say over the years, 
I prayed, I prayed, I prayed last week, I prayed this week, I prayed last month, and nothing happened. I didn't get the answer. I don't believe prayer works. Nah, 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 nah. I don't, I don't believe prayer works. And I, I'm out of here. I'm going, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is, this, is, this is true. I've heard many people say this to me and to other elders and pastors. Oh, you know, I, I prayed and it doesn't work. No, you're not working the work of righteousness for the Lord because God is not a liar. God's word is true. And then you come to find out that these people were not living in righteousness. Their tongues were not clean. Their minds were not pure. Their hands were not undefiled. And they were expecting answers from God. I believe, I want to see God answer every one of our prayers. But we've got to understand, it's our responsibility. God has given us an awesome privilege and an honor to be able to come boldly before his throne. But Lord, cleanse me. Forgive me of the sins of my mouth, of my tongue, of my eyes, of my mind, of my hands. Forgive me, Lord. My heart wants to be right with you. I want to walk in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Cleanse me, Lord, and lift me up. You're the glory and the... When we have that attitude, and that's the, the desire of our heart, God is not going to hold back from you. And there might be things you need to wait for, but wait on the Lord. Wait on the things. But if we come before the Lord defiled with stuff of this world, we cannot expect God to pour out or give out the answer to prayer. People don't want to hear this, but it's the truth. And if we take it to heart and respond to it, we will be blessed. God loves you. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. I just want to give you two more verses here. Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. What is the power that works in us? It's the Word and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to be at work in us. What does that mean, that at work in us? He's got to be working on our, 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 who we are. He's got to be working on us, and we've got to be working with Him. Lord, I, I, I want to be... I just, I'm a new creation. I want to live my life for the Lord Jesus Christ until the day I see him face to face. Lord, I want to walk in paths of righteousness. I want to be seeking your kingdom. I want to have a heart like, like our, see, David had a heart after God, but the heart that God has given you, he's given you a new heart and a new spirit. You're even greater than what David had. 
Your heart, our hearts should be greater than David's heart in our capacity and love for God. David loved God with all that he could with his heart. But God said, the day's coming when I'm going to put a new heart and a new spirit within them. And this is, Lord, I want you to be at work in me, changing me and, and molding me. And if I need correction, correct me. If I need, if I need something, do it. But if we're going to resist God, and if we're going to resist, if we're going to resist correction, if we do something wrong and we don't want to be told that we need to change, people don't like change. Don't tell me. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what God says we need to do. You either receive it or reject it. And so if we allow God to work in us to produce righteousness, to produce goodness and mercy and love and compassion, if we allow God to work in us so that we're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that we're seeking to love one another, then God will do more than you could ever ask or imagine in your life. According, listen to me, according to the power that works in you. If we hinder that working, we're only harming ourselves. We're only, we're only, we're, we're closing in the blessings that God, but if we allow the work in us to, to really mature us in the Lord, make us more like Jesus, more like Christ. Lord, I want to be more like you. I want to be more loving. I want to be more compassionate. The more we, we get closer to Jesus, the less we're partaking and thinking and saying things that we shouldn't be. And God said, according, listen, according to the power that worketh in you, God will do more than you could ever ask or imagine. That's why Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, meaning nothing will be withheld from you. Nothing. But we've got a responsibility to God and to ourselves that how much do you want to be blessed depends on how much you want to be like Jesus, how much you want to love the Word of God, how much you want God's Word to transform your life, how much you want God's Word to change you, how much you want the Spirit of God to impart into you, how much do you want to praise and worship God in spirit and in truth. I had someone tell me, I'm going somewhere else because I don't like your, the loud praise that you get. Well, that's fine. God bless you, go. I want the fullness of blessing in my life. I will not be quiet in my praise to God. You can join me or not. We're one. And so according to what is at work inside of us, that's how God begins to bless us. Spirit, soul, and body, and every way else. God will not withhold anything, anything, if we walk according to the power that is at work in us, that we, who is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and that we're seeking Him and we're doing what is right.
And that's why I'm just going to end it right there tonight. There's much more here, but I, I just want to end it with that. And as I said, we, just, we read those verses earlier that says in Psalm, The Lord heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Jesus says, whatever you ask, the Father in my name. He said, if you love me and keep my commandments, whatever. If you love me and keep my commandments, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it for you. The Lord is not the problem. The Lord is not the hinderer. The Lord is the blesser. The Lord is the lover of your soul. The Lord is your Father. He's the one who wants to pour out everything he has upon your life. And that's why he tells us, he's encouraging us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, my children, I will bless you with. Don't worry, the sparrow doesn't work. Look how I take care of him. Uh, just seek me and I will bless you. Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I believe the Word of God. And that's why we want to encourage one another to believe the Word, to live the Word, to be doers of the Word. We're not perfect, but we're iron sharpening iron. We're lifting each other up, and we're building each other so that we could be the best that we can be. Amen? And as long as we're doing that, we're showing love for one another. I'm not tearing you down. I want to build you up. I'm not tearing you down. I want to build you up. Why? Because if I'm building you up, God is going to build me up. Listen, if I'm tearing you down, God is going to tear me down. But I want to be a builder. How many of you want to be builders? How many of you want to be blessed in the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. That's why when we pray, just believe God with everything that you have, but be doers of the word. Be a doer of the word. Let Jesus and the Holy Spirit be at work in you. And according to the work in you, let God do more than you could ask or imagine. You'll give glory to God. You'll be praising God. Like Cal will be coming in here week after week with some kind of story of how God blessed her because she's doing those things. And that's what we've got to be doing. Every one of us, we should be walking in here every week saying, Woo, God is good. Oh, God is good. Hallelujah. He's blessed me. And it doesn't have to be, I'm, listen, it doesn't have to be a big thing, but if God blesses you in a little thing, give him praise for it. Give him thanks for it. Because if you don't thank God for the little things, he's not going to give you the bigger thing. God, one lady says, uh, she, uh, she said to a preacher, she said, she said, you know, preacher, she said, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I bring to God the big things in my life. I don't bring to God the little things in my life. And God says, uh, the preacher says, lady, everything you bring to God is little. Because anything, to, in God's perspective, anything you have to bring to him is little. It might be big in your eyes, but to God's eyes it's little. And so we've got to bring everything to God. The little things, the big things, and we've got to give praise to God for the little things and the big things in our life. And God will continue to abundantly bless you. Amen.